Rajanti. And I'm Marcus Rosati. And this is Passport Necessary, a podcast dedicated to growing up as TCKs and how it's affecting us now that we are adults. And today we are going to be talking about Mardi Gras and and Pancake Day, or Carnival, yeah. or all the different many names that this uh, holiday has. Um, I consider Mardi Gras a holiday having been born in Louisiana. Um, hmm. So Marcus, do you know anything about Louisiana-specific Mardi Gras? Not specifically, no. I just know that it's something to do with Easter, uh, as yeah. it would be elsewhere. <laughs> That's about as much as I know. Yeah, it, it is closely tied to the Christian um celebration of Easter and Lent. Um, So Mardi Gras directly translates from the French words Fat Tuesday. Mardi is Tuesday. Gras is fat. And so it's the day before Lent starts. So it's Fat Tuesday and then Ash Wednesday. And that's the beginning of Lent. And so it all boils down to Mardi Gras is a day where you party, you celebrate, and you eat all of the fatty foods, hence the name, because you are about to start fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. Mm-hmm. Um, so some people think that the whole idea of uh, Mardi Gras might be closely tied to celebrations like Lupercalia, which was a Roman holiday, or other like pagan, quote-unquote, holidays that happen around this time of year. Um, but there's no, like, defined, definite, like, okay, it comes from this celebration. Mm-hmm. So it probably is an amalgamation of a bunch of different smaller holidays. And yeah. the church was just like, well, we want to make sure that people do what we're doing and follow our religion, <laughs> so we're going to co-opt all of these, make it our day, Fat Tuesday, and then Lent will start and you're going to fast for 40 days and 40 nights. Yeah, I mean, I suppose it's, it's a common thing, isn't it, with like all, a lot of the Catholic stuff, I mean, initially it would have been Catholics, I suppose. Well, the Roman Church anyway would have taken a lot of stuff that would have been around at the time, and it's, it's just one of those things that they did historically, is it's just easier to get people to kind of follow along mm-hmm. if you just... um say well you can still do all these things but can we just make sure that it's got a bit more christianity in it than than you've got in it and people are kind of like i suppose so sure we'll have a sprinkle of christianity that's fine yeah i mean it's the the church has done it everywhere particularly particularly like catholic church over history seems to be very good at it but i suppose it doesn't have a choice i mean you can't just I mean, you suppose you could wade in there and start forcing people to do stuff, but it's easier when you just kind of say, well, you can still do that thing. Just make sure that you've got Jesus there as well. Yeah, it's it's, right. it's easier for people to get into a belief if it's already something that is similar to what they believe in. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's a really, Mardi Gras for me is very fun. Now it's not really religious in Louisiana. It's a lot mm. more um it's based usually just like a fun day, although Mardi Gras has kind of started to encompass a longer longer period of time. The period mm-hmm. of Mardi Gras actually starts all the way back on King's Day, um, which is early in the year. Okay. Um, and that's when you start seeing all the king cakes start to come out. All of the colors for Mardi Gras start to happen. The crews start building their floats, although some crews start even earlier than that because they build these huge floats they would not be able to be done in a month um so it really does take a bit of time and prep work and then the actual day of mardi gras in new orleans specifically that's when you have all the parades but you have parades that happen even before then 
There are mm-hmm. some parades that are very specific for certain crews, some that uh, celebrate certain groups of people. So it really has taken over the city and has become like a week-long celebration. And in fact, mm. Louisiana is the only state in the United States, is the only state where Mardi Gras is celebrated as a hol- as, as a holiday. Like it is actually oh, okay. like you, most places, there are places that close on Mardi Gras because it's like, it's Mardi Gras, oh. go out and celebrate. Like, why are you working? <laughs> go away. <laughs> but in the States, isn't it, you, they, they're not allowed to have national holidays on religious days because they have to separate church and state is that not correct i've heard that is that true it's, it's supposed to be but then you think about right. christmas like yeah. <laughs> like yeah. think about I mean, christmas do, <laughs> we do, do christmas do, do they actually generally sh- i mean do they shut all the shops or do they say like, i think it's more on a case-by-case basis right okay yeah yeah but I mean, it is UK, celebrated yeah yeah, okay, that makes sense. Because in the UK, when you have like the only holiday that I think every shop is shut is pretty much Christmas Day, apart from a few small shops around the place. But generally speaking, everybody's just like, right, that's it, we're shutting for that day. I was, it's just because somebody told me once that that was the case. You can't, you can't officially make Christmas Day a holiday or something like that, or you couldn't force people to shut on that day. You couldn't force it into the national calendar. Oh yeah, no, way. you can't force people to close. There will be people mm. who will stay open, but. A yeah. lot of places will close because it is a special day. Um, yeah. But I mean, it okay. really is kind of on a case by case basis, I think. Yeah. I thought I'd better clear that up because it was a question I've always wanted to ask because somebody said it was true. And I was like, is it? Okay. I, I'm not 100% sure, to be honest. I can always look into that. Um, but yeah. I love Mardi Gras. It's really fun. Um, I actually mentioned Lupercalia earlier as one of the things that people think that it might be related to. But it's not completely accurate because Lupercalia actually falls on February 15th, which is a lot closer to Valentine's Day. And Lupercalia actually Mm -hmm. has more closer tied roots to Valentine's Day being kind of bloody, very sexualized, a lot of (laughs) gore. Um, So it's stuff. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Mardi Gras is it's still also attached to the ideas of spring and fertility Mm -hmm. and the season changing. So Mardi Gras makes a lot of sense within the European traditions because Mardi Gras came from the French uh, when they moved into the States and they took over Louisiana. Um, But Mardi Gras, the idea of eating fatty foods before you go into a time period of fasting makes mm-hmm. sense in a European winter where by yes. like end of February, beginning of March, you're going to start getting some bad food. Like you have all mm-hmm. of the meat and fatty stuff that has lasted for most of the winter. But by now, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. So the idea yeah. of like eating all of this rich fatty food so that it doesn't go bad and you don't waste it. And then going into a period where it's like, okay, we have none of that. So we have to cut all that stuff out. So it's, it's in fact almost a practical way of going about the seasons where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, we have used up all of the fatty food. There's nothing left. Now we're going to fast. And then once we've moved out of that fasting period, we're in the spring where crops are starting to grow, fruits are starting to come about. So, and yeah. animals are starting to come out of hibernation or they're starting to have children. So it's okay to start hunting them again. So it's very practical, but it's, it is <laughs> kind of cool. <laughs> and actually yeah. a fun one that I found out, one of the names for Mardi Gras is carnival. 
Carnival yeah. comes from medieval Latin carnivarium, which means to remove meat or to take away meat. Uh, and it, okay. that comes from the Latin carnen, which means meat. So carn- okay. taking away the meat, the fasting of the meat. That's why during Lent, you don't have meat. Traditionally, if you are yes. Catholic yes. during Lent, you don't eat any meat. You can have fish. Um, but uh, yeah. as far as like protein, you don't have like red meats. Uh, I think yeah. some people go as far as not having chicken either. Um, but that's, that I think... Sense. That's a far step. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so taking away the meat during Lent makes sense to the idea of Mardi Gras, that Fat Tuesdays when you eat all of it. <laughs> okay. Just like go sense. nuts. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in Louisiana, Mardi Gras started in the late 17th century. Um, okay. And then there was a period of time where it was abolished because the Spanish took over. Um, and um, that was until about the 1760s. Um, from like the 1760s was when the Spanish took over. And from the 1760s until 1812, that was when Mardi Gras was abolished. So. Wow. Mardi Gras had like a good 60, 70 years of hanging out with the French. And then the Spanish came. They said, nope, <laughs> not allowed. Too much fun. And then they got rid of it for a oh. while. And then in 1812, when Louisiana became a state, then yeah. Mardi Gras started to come back again and be celebrated. Um, and actually that's... something that's really f- fun is that the Rex crew is one of the oldest Mardi Gras crews that has been in existence and they Mm -hmm. were the ones that established the Mardi Gras colors of purple, gold, and green. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's interesting. I wonder why the Spanish abolished it. That seems like a really weird thing to do. I think it was too much fun. (laughs) (laughs) It was too French. They were like, oh, we hate the Uh, French. Get rid of it. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's true, actually. It's like, yeah, we've got a chance to kick the French. This is a good idea. It's always, yeah, Spanish and the French never get on. It's always a national thing. Yeah, I suppose, yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? I suppose you, you kind of don't want to have too much attachment to the French because they spent a lot of time, really, didn't they, in Europe? They really didn't like each other, the Spanish and the French. When did they stop fighting? I oh. th- I have no idea when the Sp- Spanish and French stopped fighting. It would have to have been in the 1800s, wouldn't it? Like, when something Napoleon like was that. Defeated. It would I th- have to have been yeah, then, I would say it? something like that. Yeah, that would make sense. Jesus. but yeah so i was looking into it because i always thought that the purple green and gold had to do with like money royalty and fertility so like money the gold purple for royalty and then green Mm -hmm. for fertility but then i looked a little bit further into it and apparently rex crew they stated that the symbols behind the color the symbolism is the purple stands for justice the green Mm -hmm. stands for faith and the gold stands for power. Okay. That kind of makes sense, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder where, that, where those ideas of colors come from. I mean, that's pretty interesting. I don't know. I just love that. I think that's really great. It's really cool. And actually, pretty mm. early on when they started doing the floats, they would give away small trinkets. Um, and for the longest time, crews were all male. So there was the idea like, of a, give yeah. me something, mister. Like, that's a saying that's that's very common around Mardi Gras is, hey, give me something, mister, oh. that you would say to the floats as like, they would throw you beads, they'll throw candy, mm-hmm. small toys. I don't know if they do that anymore. Um, but it's like a big thing. It's a big part of the 
Mardi Gras is that you go out and you're and you're getting stuff from the floats. It's really fun. Okay. It's a huge party. It's basically like a citywide party. Yeah, that does sound quite good actually. It it's it, I suppose the thing is, is one of those things you think of with Louisiana, isn't it? It's like Mardi Gras is the thing that you would associate with that state. I, I can't, I can't think of them doing it in Quebec in Canada either that much. I, mean, I suppose they do, but is it the Actually, same? Actually, they do. Yeah, right. I was going to say this. This thing, Mardi Gras, is has different names and is celebrated mm-hmm. in all different parts of the world. Brazil has Carnival. Um, oh, Quebec right, yeah. City actually does what's called the Quebec Winter Carnival. Um, I don't have further information on that, but I know that they mm-hmm. have they celebrate a version of their own. Um, and then in Venice, of course, famously, there's oh. Carnavale. Um, and then in Germany, they have like multiple names for it, but it's Carnival spelled with a K at the beginning, uh, mm-hmm. Fastnacht and Fasching. I don't think I said okay. that right. Um, but all of those are celebrated uh, in Germany. And there's actually some that's celebrated in Denmark as well. So it's actually pretty oh, okay. popular in multiple different countries. Basically anywhere where Christianity had a fairly strong <laughs> presence. Um, yeah. But they all kind of celebrate it in their own way. Um, yeah. Which I think is, you know, it's it's cool to see how something that had a b- very basic idea has kind of branched off and become its own thing in different places yeah because i suppose you'd have to deal with the local culture slightly i mean i suppose again it kind of shows you how adaptable the catholic church was <laughs> it's just they could do things that they, i mean because i'm sure that like for a long period of time places like france and spain had special dispensation from the pope to be able to do things without the say so of the pope for a while so I suppose like local traditions were allowed more because you just go, well, I'm in charge of the church in this particular area of the world. So I'm because I'm such a powerful king, I'll just allow this or I'll allow that. Mm-hmm. It, I can't remember when it was, but I certainly know I'm sure that the French king certainly at a certain point had control of the Catholic Church in France and the Spanish kings. Definitely, because they were the ones heading off to South America. So I suppose you would have local traditions building up depending on who was in charge. Basically, they said, well, we'll allow that, but we won't allow that, depending on what was going on. I mean, it's, it, I don't know, it's just interesting because you don't kind of, I don't think of like French Catholics as being as, quite as, um, I suppose, almost superstitious as Spanish Catholics. I don't know why I think that. Well, I think but, over time, the French, ha- they're still very, like, if you look at the country, it is still a very Catholic country. Yeah. But I think over time, they, aren't as zealous as they used to be. Mm-hmm. I think that there's been a lot more leniency when it comes to religion and practicing. Like, I think if you were to ask many French people, what religion do you believe in? I think many would say, oh, well, I was raised Catholic. But I don't mm. think many of them would say like, oh, I'm very, like, I'm very Catholic. I think a <laughs> yeah. lot of them would be like, yeah, I mean, I go to church, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. they do, like, I think that a lot of the French have kind of, I mean, I could be totally wrong. I haven't lived in France for a little bit, but mm-hmm. I, from what I remember when I was living there, there is a history of it, but it didn't mm-hmm. feel like it had a very strong like power over the people now. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Which I think is fine, but it's interesting to see mm. the, the history of it and like where yeah. that comes from. Yeah. It does make sense. Mm-hmm. Especially sort of like to do with stuff with Lent and things like that. There are so many things that people actually do. 
do do people still sort of do the fasting thing after Mardi Gras still, or do they kind of leave it? I think it depends on in Louisiana. You're saying I think it really mm-hmm, yeah. depends on how religious the people mm-hmm. are that are celebrating. I think for a lot of people, a big portion of people who come to New Orleans during Mardi Gras are tourists. They're going because it's an excuse mm-hmm. to get drunk, to party. Um, yeah. They don't really know like the traditions behind it or where it comes from, why mm-hmm. these things are around for any reason. Um, it, it's kind of become more like a, just a party scene. But yeah. I think for certain people in, in smaller towns, Mardi Gras still has a very strong religious mm-hmm. strength to it. And so I think if you are Catholic and Lent is very important to you, yes, Mardi Gras is a time to, you know, drink, have fun, party, eat unhealthy foods. Um, <laughs> and then after that, you are fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. Um, but okay. I, I, I do think it is completely dependent on how religious those people are. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, to do, I mean, do lots of people actually travel from a great distance to come to Mardi Gras, like from other states and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's huge. <laughs> actually, the fact that Mardi Gras is canceled it, for 2021 mm-hmm. was yeah, a big deal. Like, it yeah. was a big, big deal when that came out and Mardi Gras got canceled because all the crews mm. had started, you know, not fully building, but they were starting to build some of their floats and... Um, I know that start decorations started going up. And so people mm-hmm. have actually been modifying for this year um, because it got canceled last year as well. Yeah, um, yeah. People have been modifying the floats so that they have them on their patios. Um, right, people yeah. are still going to have like home celebrations, but like going out and the big party of Mardi Gras, that's just not mm. happening this year. No. Yeah. That makes sense. Like, you can't do it really, can you? No. I mean, it, it there's so many people like the si- the the population of the city of new orleans at least doubles for mardi gras oh, wow wow i would say but- it's it's huge it is one of the biggest things that brings people to new orleans there are certain music festivals as well um right, yeah but that is probably one of the biggest like bringers of tourists so it wow. is a really big deal that it got canceled for, in, for 2021 yeah yeah i mean but for all those people who really really miss mardi gras and who aren't living in louisiana like me um (laughs) and who really want to get their hands on a king cake um which i am i'm actually very tempted this year even though i'm gluten-free i'm like maybe this is the year i order a king cake (laughs) um i i like seriously thinking about it because so king cakes are a sweet yeasted bread um, that usually okay. get platted into a circle so that it looks like a crown. Uh, okay. And then there's like a, I think it's royal icing. My mom used to have me make it when we, I made it once with my mom. Mm-hmm. We made a king cake from scratch. My arms hurt for two days because we needed the bread ourselves. And I was like, this is so hard. And I was like, you just got to keep going. You got, I was like, I'm never doing this again. (laughs) I was like, I will never make this again. Um, But when I made the icing, she could have been doing it her own way. But if I remember, it was just lemon juice, water, Mm -hmm. and some powdered sugar. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Until it was that like a sense. very, very thin icing and then you just drizzle it on top. And just mm-hmm. as it starts to harden, you throw some colored sugar and the colored sugar is purple, oh. green and gold. Um, oh, wow. And so the thing with a king cake, very similar to, I don't know if they do this in other places. I know king cakes and gâteau des rois, which is the French king mm. cake, um, do the same thing where they put a little figure inside. In mm. Louisiana, they put a baby Jesus, um, or just, it's basically like a tiny figurine of a baby. Um, it used to be beans. They used to put like a bean inside the cake. Um, oh. And in France depending on which patisserie you go to they'll put like little figurines of like disney characters or like (laughs) (laughs) i remember when i was living in paris during the king cake period because it is so long it's the same in france where it starts on king day so you have like Mm -hmm. so many days of you have like weeks almost like a month where you can collect all these little figurines depending on oh, how wow. many king cakes you eat. <laughs> I remember That's one, cool. it was so much fun. And I remember one of the Petit series we went to, they had all like Disney princesses. So we were like right. trying to collect all of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> they keep me coming back. Cause I got to get the next one. It's like Pokemon, isn't it? Gotta yes. catch them all. <laughs> Um, so with the king cake, if you get the bean, baby Jesus, whatever the figure is, if you get it, then you are king for the day. And so during Mardi Gras season, that means that you're in charge of getting the next king cake. Old traditions used to be that you were literally treated like a king. Like people would do things for Mm. you. You could set rules. Like there were all sorts of little traditions that are centered around being king for the day. Um, Mm -hmm. Some of them harken back to old, old, old fertility myths where like you were king for the day. So you could pick out a woman to have for the day and it's a time of fertility. So you go off and have some fun in the fields. Um, That doesn't really (laughs) happen as much anymore, although I'm sure it does because it's a party. Um, But um, king cakes in Louisiana are very different from their French equivalent. So Mm -hmm. like I said, king cakes are a yeasted sweet bread. Gâteau Mm -hmm. des Rois is a flaky pastry with marzipan in the middle. It is so good. (laughs) It is actually. It's buttery, flaky, almondy goodness. I Mm. remember when my partner came with me to France when we had first started dating. Um, I was crazy and I was like, hey, come to France (laughs) with me. And he was like, okay. (laughs) Um, And we were staying with my family and it was the beginning of Gâteau des Rois or Galette des Rois. Mm -hmm. So my dad got a couple of them and my partner is not supposed to have not like, um, nuts or beans and stuff but i was like hey you should still try this like it really is very good and it's very special to france and so once Mm -hmm. we go back you're not going to get this and he had some and he was obsessed with finding the place in paris that had the best one and we had a friend (laughs) a friend of his who lived in in paris and she took us on a tour around paris where we were trying all the different kink cakes (laughs) <laughs> like you could literally just buy a slice and we we're like, wow, this is so good. I feel like I'm gaining weight because it's just butter. It's just butter yeah. and almonds and sugar. It's so not good for you, <laughs> but it tastes amazing. Well, it's, it fits into the spirit there, doesn't it? Yeah. It makes sense. <laughs> oh man, I love Mardi Gras. It's such a fun time. It sounds it, to be fair. It would be nice to kind of have a, well, 
once everything's over. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Come over one day. Oh, you totally should. It's so much fun. There is, mm. it's just parties, drinking, enjoying time, being with friends. It's a really, really good time. Um, mm. Well, enough about Mardi Gras. Cause I talked about a lot about <laughs> it. What about pancake day? Cause I have never heard well, about this. Well, it's a similar sort of concept. It's the, the, the real name for it in, in England is Shrove Tuesday. That's the real name. It's basically, again, it's the beginning of Lent. So it's, it's the day before Ash Wednesday. And the principles are essentially the same. What you're trying to do is get rid of stuff that you have saved over the winter and the things you kind of like get through to getting rid of it. And then the idea is that, you know, it used to be that you would fast or give something up over Lent. I mean, people in Britain, they all... Uh, my dad talked about this from being from a Catholic family is that her... His dad would make them, him and his two younger brothers, give up something over Lent. Something it would usually be something like sweets. You give up sweets over Lent, mm -hmm. but Pancake Day, for whatever reason, it's always the thing is you always make pancakes. <laughs> and the idea is you get rid of the flour and the milk and all that sort of stuff to get rid of it. Um, generally speaking, it, people do it every year and people do quite enjoy it. It's, I think it's specifically English that they make fuss about the pancakes themselves. So. <laughs> There's a specific kind of pancake they make here, but I remember always doing because my dad grew up in France, so you, you, you do crepe, you know, that's right? What yeah, the using. very thin. Oh, yeah. I love a good crepe, and that's that's what we would do. Um, and so, you know, generally speaking, the things are that you, you'd make the pancakes and everything like that, and you would have with them things like uh, normally it'd be lemon juice and sugar, that tends to be what people do. Um, so I found it interesting when you were saying about it, it's like kind of like, actually that's what they do in England as a, as a flavoring for the pancake. And generally speaking, it's, it's not like a, a huge celebration as such, but it's just one of those things that seems to be a hangover from Easter because people in Britain, you know, you kind of have the Shrove Tuesday and then you have Easter. In the middle, people aren't too worried about it. And people, I don't think, still remember exactly why people do this. But everybody is so keen on the idea. I mean, it's something to do uh, in the middle of winter. Uh, so, yeah. We'll do the pancakes. Like, we'll do Easter. But yeah. we don't give a shit about Lent. In the middle. No. That's for them papists. Oh, we don't want them doing it. Oh, I can't have any of that in England. As so people still, still genuinely are a bit worried about Catholics here. It's really weird. Uh, not not all the time, but you know there are some things. It's, it's always fun joking about it. Oh my um, gosh! Because it is it is it is a small a smaller minority. It's like there are fewer people in Britain who are Catholics than there are you know, uh, well Church of England. Mm -hmm. Church of England is just like they, they don't care. <laughs> they, they don't really do that much. And if somebody in the Church of England gets excited, you kind of think, what's the matter with them? It's just like, well, I thought this was supposed to be. No, who takes it seriously? And some people do apparently. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's just. It's a very, it doesn't really have any of the religious trappings. It doesn't really have any of that sort of stuff anymore. Um, but people do bring it up and people do get excited about it. And it's, it's, and it is not referred to as Shrove Tuesday anymore. It is just referred to as Pancake Day, literally, because that's I what people do. I love that so much. So it, when you say pan, is for everyone, I know you said for your family, you do cut, but mm. for most people in England, when they say Pancake Day, are they doing like, like what Americans think of as pancakes where they're kind of thicker and fluffy or are they more like the French crepe? They're more like the French crepe, but they're, they're th they tend to be thicker. I don't know what it is. People seem to do these hmm. sort of slightly thicker pancakes that are much more, I think they might have a slightly higher egg content or something like that. So it's, they're, they're, they're a bit like an omelette almost in a weird way. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> it's it's strange. I mean, I've come across things. I remember, I remember doing one as a child, which was a very complicated pancake, which had all these different things. And they were quite eggy. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not sure why that's the case. I mean, it. I mean, this is one of these things about British stuff. Is it always tends to be a little bit more, um, a little bit less refined than the French would do it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> it's kind of like, ah, oh, yeah, this'll do. It's, it's got lots of eggs and sugar in it. That'll be all right. Yeah. It's, <laughs> We'll just throw it together. It'll be fine. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. It's kind of like, well, what do we do? It's like, yeah, where do pastries come from? Denmark. We don't do our pastries here that well. We don't, you know, we're not, we know, what do we have? We have croissant here. It's like, oh, no, yeah. That's, that's French. That's French thing. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just odd. But I'm not entirely sure why the pancake was the thing that was specifically picked up on, but it is a particular thing that people do. I suppose because it's simple and anybody can do it, really. You don't have mm-hmm. to have that much ability. It doesn't take that much effort. And it's cheap as well, actually, comparatively speaking. You know, uh, so I think that might be part of the reason is it maybe because everybody can do it. Yeah, you really yeah. just need flour, eggs, a little milk. You, you can make pancakes, yeah. a little sugar. Yeah. yeah. And and it's so filling because yes, of the flour and the egg content. Like, it really is a mm-hmm. filling dish. Plus, you can kind of make it however you want with the filling. So, mm-hmm. like, if someone's yeah. like, I don't like lemons. Okay. There's jam. There's Nutella. There's, mm-hmm. like, so many different fillings that you can put inside it that make it your own thing. Yeah, exactly. Man, that's it's- making me want crepes so bad. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> I well, love it's, it's crepes. One, it's one of those funny things is because because my dad grew up in France and he learned to make crepes from the, the way they do in France, and mm-hmm. so it's to me it's that's what a pancake is somehow because that's how I learned. And so when you come to Britain and people are doing it like that, you're kind of going, "That's a bit weird." Like, <laughs> surely you're supposed to do it like this, and they're like, "No." It's, it's built, making a crepe is quite a skill actually. It's it's one of those things that's interesting. It's just oh I haven't. I've never. If you do not have a big enough pan, you will ruin your crepes. You need to have that like big flat pan and you need to be able to pick it up and flip it without tearing it. And that is the part that I always screw up. I cannot make a good crepe to save my life. That's why whenever (laughs) we were in France, I would be like, I want crepes. I want crepes because we never made them at Mm. home. It's such a pain in the butt to like do it without tearing it. So there is a skill to it. Um, but technically, anyone can make them as long as you get enough practice. Oh, yeah. I mean, and one of the other things that you need in a crepe is rose water. Oh. A tiny bit of rose water. That's, That's a good one. an interesting touch. I've never heard that. That sounds really good. Yeah, I learned that from my dad. It's just, and it's also getting the, the, the batter thin enough as well. That's important. Yeah. Because otherwise, it's just like you just get this lump of, oh, it's too thick. <laughs> it hasn't worked. <laughs> I think it's so interesting that like in the UK, what in the US, because it came from France and it had such a strong mm-hmm. religious tie and it still does have some of the religious trappings in it. I just find it so fascinating that in the UK, it's like, this is literally no religion. It, like it is a religious. <laughs> we just do I, it because we have pancakes. <laughs> I think part of it is... <sighs> There used to be some very heavily religious people in Britain. Uh, but I think because, partly because of what happened in the English Civil War, I think that people became a little bit more suspicious of heavily religious types. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's part of it, because, I mean, you had the big problem. I mean, they still had problems with Catholics for whatever reason. I mean, that's also part of it. Is it might be the fact that everything is so toned down because they're kind of going, well, A, this we know this probably comes from a pagan tradition, so we don't want it. Mm-hmm. B, we don't want to be doing what the Catholics are doing because we're worried about that. 
And C, we kind of don't really want to be too religiously zealous because look where it got us in the Civil War. Right. Um, because basically the Civil War started when a bunch of very, very religious Scottish people decided to invade England because they didn't like the king. Because he, <laughs> the war partly started because the king said, well, I've got this new book of prayer. And it had pictures and nice drawings in it and stuff like that. And the Scots went mental. They were going, this is Catholic nonsense. And they, you know, they, they really got angry and they literally were started hurling stools at the bishop who was giving the sermon and all that sort of stuff. They were that angry about it. And I think wow. the thing is that religious fervour, I think, kind of dropped off a little bit because people were kind of going, hmm, don't really, don't really want to deal with this because it's a bit too much. Mm. And I think that's partly why you have people going off to you know, North America and stuff like that, because people in England are kind of going, it's like, yeah, you know, you can have religious freedom and stuff like that, but why don't you just go somewhere else so we don't have to deal with it? Because <laughs> the genuine is like the Presbyterians, you get rid of the oh, Covenanters, yeah. you get rid of Puritans, just send them over to the States, because obviously there were, like, colonies there that were, were run by the English for a while, and it's basically just like, just so long as they're over there, we know where they are. And, <laughs> like... They can go and do their we stuff over there. We can keep an eye on them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I suppose I suppose the Civil War started out at, what, 1642. Moving from Pancake Day to war is terrible. Yeah, I don't know I how we got there. I think that's, that might be partly why people in, in Britain are sort of less worried about the religious aspects of things. They're a little bit more um, worried about it, I think, maybe in some cases, because there is a history of that sort of thing where people kind of go yeah, we've done this, like, can we just kind of get rid of the religion a little bit and tone it down a bit? And if you want to do it, just, you know, don't bring the religion into it. Yeah, it's, I think... That's why the Church of England is so sort of, not lame, but it's really, really quiet about stuff. They don't, you don't, it's... The, the Archbishop of Canterbury is not as exciting as the Pope. <laughs> but, you know, like, the Pope says something and everybody goes, oh, my God, the Pope said something. Whereas, you know, the, the Archbishop of Canterbury says something, he's like, oh, right, yeah. Whatever. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great, sounds Generally great. How it goes. Thanks. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> I think, but I can't. I can't even remember who the Archbishop of Canterbury is now. I think that's kind of the thing. <laughs> that we know who the Pope is, but we don't know who the Archbishop of Canterbury. I have no is. No idea. Who? who is that? <laughs> but yeah, I think Louisiana, yeah. kind of in a way, because it's become such a big party, it has hmm. moved away from the religious aspect, and it's now like this is a celebration, yeah. and it's been. It's such a big part of Louisiana culture that I mm -hmm. fervently remember my mom, not fervently, I very strongly remember going to other countries and my mom would have Mardi Gras. Like that mm -hmm. was the one thing that we would always bring to us in every country. In some way, shape or form, my mom would find a way to celebrate Mardi Gras. She would wear okay. the colors. She would, you know, when we were in Guatemala, she actually convinced the... Um, consular to host a Mardi Gras party and oh, it was really fun we did it I think all three years that we lived there there was oh, a Mardi wow, Gras cool. party because it was an excuse for people to dress up to dance to some fun music eat some great food like my mom really tried it was one of the very few things that was part of her heritage that she mm. brought with her I think with a lot of other things my mom was like you know what it's not as important to me so I'm more interested in learning what is important in the local culture but this mm -hmm. specific tradition of Mardi Gras was the one thing that we had in every country we went to in some way shape or form we would celebrate Louisiana Mardi Gras 
whether it was Uh my grandma would send us packages of beads and decorations, or we would make our own food, like Louisiana style food for Mardi Gras. Like it was always a thing that we did, which I really appreciate now that I'm, I'm an adult, that my mom took the time out every year to make this day very special for us. And it's a part of my heritage of my American side, my Louisiana side, that if she hadn't taken the time to really like show us how much fun it was and where it came from and why it has such meaning to her, I don't think it would mean as much to me now. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually, in a weird, like without really thinking about it, when I got to college, that was the thing I also kept with me when Mm. I was a freshman. I convinced some of the older students to let me get into their apartment and use their kitchen so that I could make them gumbo for Mardi Gras. And then the year after that, I think I held like a small gathering of friends Mm -hmm. so that we could, you know, make drinks and have um, gumbo and jambalaya. And I did it every year because it was that important to me. I I guess subconsciously to keep this tradition (laughs) of doing Mardi Gras. Yeah, but it makes sense because, I mean, you can carry that kind of culture with you, can't you? Because it's a specific day and there are specific ideas that you go through and do. I mean, it's, I suppose it's similar to the sort of things that people do at Christmas or whatever, or like Thanksgiving in the US. There's always these special things that you do on that day and you can kind of carry that with you, can't you? You can do the stuff. I think that's interesting about that sort of thing is, is that you can, if it's particularly, if it's food-based and the foods that you can get are pretty easy to get hold of. Sort of inter- I think it was interesting about sort of, I suppose, like, pancake day and mardi gras i suppose if the foods are common and the things you can get hold of the ingredients are common across the world it's easy to take it with you mm-hmm. I think or that's... modify it so that it's close mm. enough that it, it really fits the palette you're looking for yes yes yeah, yeah. It, it has very <laughs> strong special memories to me that's why i was so excited to talk about it today yes yeah, it's, 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 it's an interesting one isn't it i mean it's I, I don't know i just find these sort of religious festivals interesting i'm not i'm not religious at all but i think certainly if you're interested in history it's i find that it's important to know a little bit about the religious background of things because otherwise they don't make sense mm-hmm. um, it has a very uh, strong context and it mm. it came from it now it's no yes. longer really religious unless people who are still religious practice it in that way but most people see it as a party Mm -hmm. like that's what it is it is a party it is a reason to have fun see people let your hair down yeah yeah (laughs) um so that's mardi gras and pancake day i want to thank you guys for listening this was really fun for me i had a great time um if you have (laughs) If you have any questions, comments, leave us a review. We absolutely love that. You can tweet at us. Our Twitter hashtag, our Twitter handle is Passport, N-E-C-E-S-S-1. We're more than happy to receive those. We also let you know um, through Twitter when we're posting up some new episodes, um, which we do every week on Saturday. Um, Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a great rest of the day. Bye. Bye. See you soon.